Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about manipulation and guess what? Politics. Yes, of course. You know, George Orwell once said that the power is in tearing human minds to pieces and putting them back together again in new shapes of your own choosing. You know, media sources have the power to really influence how people think. Often it's used for educational purposes and helpful reasons. However, the incredible influence that media has over our perception of events and surroundings has become so powerful as a tool for manipulation. And the manipulation is done either by partisans uh, or the media itself, often for personal gain. You know, politics is something that has become really inescapable in our social media-focused society. We all know a person that uses a social media platform to start arguments with people that they disagree with politically, and often spreading misinformation that will you know, heavily sway other people's beliefs as well. And, and this behavior has always been a part of our internet culture as a social media allows people to reach a larger audience than ever before. So, you know, this type of behavior really has become increasingly common uh, with the influence of a few things. Due to our media's representation of political turmoil and differences that has caused to increase in polarization over the, the years and the tribalism that we're seeing in our society, and the divide continues. You know, social media and news media have an enormous impact on the way we process current events. Both sources can cause the public to believe something based on false information to the extent that it becomes the norm. And a non-political, humorous example of this is the belief that the, the carrot consumption improves the eyesight. But the, the only truth is that if you already have a, a, a deficiency, this belief has started during World War II when behind the recent success of their pilots against their German pilot counterparts, the British were hiding their recent application of radar technology and aircrafts, and so they talked about carrots. Can you believe that? You know, it's amazing. But, you know, and people actually believed it, by the way. You know, the news media loves dramatic stories that increase its ratings. And each news outlet often leaning towards a specific political party and skews events to align their beliefs. And the increase in political polarization in the public has been pervasive. It's also led to an increase in hostility where people are just psychopaths. You know, they go after each other like crazy. Crime is 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 all over the place right now. And it's amazing how much the media has either stifled that or they've embellished it. You know, they are irresponsible and they use their power for personal gain and profit. And we have to always, always remember that. That the only thing can be done going forward is education of the public to understand what manipulation is. And that's why I wrote this show. Politicians are very likely to try to use fear so they can make people agree with decisions that they would otherwise regret. And this behavior is very obvious in the polls around the world. 
and, and but especially some say the United States, where the population is constantly bullied into consenting to breaches of its constitutional rights without the possibility of protest. The best example are documents such as the Patriot Act. The levels of manipulation achieved by this bill is amazing. You know, the severe, uh, severely limit the average citizen's right to privacy on very vague basis of protecting their security. And what's even worse than that is that individuals sheepishly admit to this breach to their rights, hoping to gain the illusion of for security. But before 9-11, the government had proposed such a measure, and then all groups protecting individual rights would have a, a field day basically talking about how unconstitutional it was. But after 9-11, guess what? Patriot Act exposes us as people. We no longer have the rights we once thought we had. Now, if a person or an organization objects, they are immediately labeled as un-American, uh, the term seems to be used more and more in the U.S., although not many people know exactly what it means, and therefore lies the problem with manipulation because politicians appear on TV after September 11, 2001 and kept repeating the word terrorist, terrorism, time and time again, and the population started feeling at risk. You know, there's all kinds of weird conspiracies about 9-11, uh, but if you look at how those buildings fell that looks like a bomb actually got them to go down floor by floor. But, you know, we believe what we see. So that's the way things go. And, and scientific studies prove that there's no better movement than to deceive the public if you're a politician. And when it's scared to death, you know, if you can scare us to death, you can manipulate us. You know, a greater understanding of when fear and can and cannot be used to scare citizens into supporting bad policies and can help journalists and scholars more effectively interpret important historical events. It can help them think about whatever and to what extent an elite population of, the, of citizens of the United States, uh, they basically are running things. The people that have the money and are attached to our government, are running this country to the ground. And when the public is not afraid and knows exactly what the politicians are talking about, it's highly unlikely to fall for political tricks. But by keeping people in fear, telling them attacks are inevitable, they end up supporting decisions they would otherwise dissent, like the Patriot Act. And America is starting to look more and more like a police state with every passing day. And this country is no longer the beacon of democracy in the world. We can't claim that, not by the way that we operate currently. There is no way to do that. You know, here's how leaders manipulate. They get people to follow them, even when it's not the followers' economic or other interests. Leaders use emotion and identity to attract and manipulate people. That's what they do. They want us to get emotional, make an impulsive decision, and align with them, and then what we have to do is justify, 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 even though it was a stupid, impulsive, emotional decision. And they define in-group and out-group by manipulating emotions, especially fear and anger and outrage. You know, uh, they solidify an in-group and stress unity against some out-group which they claim poses a threat. And emotion basically provides information for decision-making, biased research, biased research, and especially in the allocation of resources for in-groups against out-groups. So the in-group and the out-group are going to have their own biased resources. That means we never get 
a clean truth from the media. Emotion is an effective way for people that are in leadership to manipulate people. You know, given uh, specific emotions are used strategically, like gender differences and emotions are important. Like white suburban women, for example, did indeed become a key swing group from 2016 to 2018. And, uh, you know, identity is pretty, you know, it's like a sponge. I mean, we, we what goes in may not come out, but what goes in may come out. And so we, we are just kind of elusive as people. We classify each other in a variety of ways. Uh, race, gender, religion, politics, class. We we pick identities to enhance our self-esteem. We create community. We enhance a sense of status and power, and it allows us to feel good about ourselves. But leaders can take advantage of this again and again and again, and by our ideas of identities and their boundaries change. For example, gender identity is now being recognized as being more fluid and not binary. That's the new pop culture. And so we're living in a world of uh, basically people talking gender identity and suicide, and our, our young people at least. You know, leaders emphasize that sticking with them, followers, followers avoid harm. And we're all aware we're being influenced and manipulated constantly. What would our sense of light and dark side of this? If you were a policymaker, what structures would you put in place to promote, you know, a vicious cycle? When did our government? have to start calling a Democratic senator, a Republican congressman, why can't you be a U.S. politician? Why can't you be a U for the United States of America? Could you possibly think of yourself in those terms? Why do we have to go down this party crap? You know, a benevolent leader who has the needs of constituents in mind is a really positive possibility. And we've all uh, the, the spread of egalitarianism is, is all over the world because when leaders exploit constituents, the constituents essentially will reject it. However, you know, we also fold. And you know what happened when we lost all our rights with COVID? We, we assented like sheep and we've all just allowed the government to misinform us. We've allowed the media to misinform us and gaslight the hell out of us. And now we've lost our freedom. We have lost it. And institutions that, that vet the leader would be key. It would be nice to have vetted leadership in this world, you know, like somebody who's actually for the people, you know, not relying on a single really the, uh, leader, but rather a group. Nuclear codes might not be under the authority of just one person. Gee, that would be kind of cool. You know, regarding a vetting process, there were a lot of people, even in the Republican Party, who did not want Donald Trump to run or win for ethical or other reasons. Some have suggested a complete psychiatric exam for all candidates. I believe that would be incredible. Not only that, but also a medical exam, a very good one that will detect things way down the road. You know, we've discussed that but 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 what would it do you know we as a society have had these discussions but why don't we do anything about it you know is there any way we can stop this emotional manipulation why not make facebook a paid service that would eliminate a lot of problems you know zuckerberg is constantly not making a choice and nobody but him benefits you know social media should be regulated like other media outlets you know why is facebook exempt 
You know, it, it's it's amazing. There seems to have been a rise in individualism over the fi- last five decades, but there's also a rise in groupthink, and people are stupid in groupthink because they will go to the lowest common denominator. They all unify, and then they create bias information. Anger and antagonism go along with that, and we're entering a new phase where we've lost civic engagement and community bonding, especially since we're spending all this time online. And now we're left with more of an antagonistic emotion, or you know, is this just a phase we're passing through? I pray to God it is just a phase. That would be so nice. You know, the challenges that overcoming through social interactions is really the key, not uh, mediated by devices. The more friends you have, the fewer confidants you have if you're on Facebook. You know, eliminating that alone could increase your well-being and your social connection. You know, it's amazing how many affairs happen on Facebook where people reach back in their their past and develop some emotional thing because they're in some deep, dark pocket because they don't do the work in their own relationships. And uh, then, bang, a whole family's torn apart. I mean, it's amazing. If you could quit social media for a while and just resonate with what would your life look like, if you could actually not have your smartphone as your companion all day long and have to live in the fact that you have to entertain yourself, you might find that you become smarter. You know, if you ask yourself what issues are most important to you and know where candidates stand on the issues, that would be a great voter. It would be nice to have more people do that. And it's what they're not telling you with politicians is also important. That's called meta communication. And politicians spend a lot of time trying to get elected. And when they're not campaigning and selling yard signs, they're slandering their opponents with fear-mongering advertisements. And we're seeing that in this last week leading up to November 8th. They're all tearing each other apart as if they're demons, which they probably are anyway because they're politicians. You know, we use these tactics. Most of us can separate the truth from the twisted words and, and dramatize TV ads, you know, it's amazing. However, you may not realize that politicians are and have been for decades manipulating you with their bodies, body languages, the gestures, movements, mannerisms by which a person and or animal communicates with others is huge. And and so the body language is the science of nonverbal communication. And it's everything we tell each other without actually saying a word. You know, we look at a picture. And maybe we look at it one way and look at it another way. We may look at it in all kinds of different ways because we all have our own perceptions of the truth. And we don't necessarily mean to interpret nonverbal cues, but we do all the time. We read people and we make assumptions based on what we interpret from their gestures and expressions. And, and, uh, And of course, they're not always accurate. But most of the time, body language signals we send out and interpret from others is done subconsciously. And so, you know, some cases, body language can be used deliberately. You know, this is something that actually uh, 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 television shows have actually uh, 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 depicted. There was a show on Fox Network drama called Lie to Me that, that shed light on the idea. The main character used his expertise and body language to analyze suspects and determine if they were guilty. 
However, nonverbal cues can also be used to intentional control how other people perceive you. And so this is why politicians use that. And here's how they do it. They get coached on body language. They're told what kind of gestures to make them appear confident, what expressions turn people off, what makes them look sincere, anything that can help them win. Granted, when I say politicians, I'm mostly talking about our big name ones, like the presidential candidates or the governors or the senators. But chances are the soccer mom who's gunning for a spot on the school board isn't spending hours practicing her wave. However, for politicians who are looking to get elected into office, especially presidential candidates, portraying the right kind of body language is critical. And so campaign and candidates who appear unsure of themselves or untrustworthy are less likely to win debates and get voted into office. And it's pretty amazing. The first thing that, that to understand the difference between persuasion and coercion is the word manipulate. And it means to handle or control in a skillful manner to, to control or influence a person in a situation. And, and these don't really hide many, these definitions don't hide negative connotations. However, a person uses control or influence is determining the factor as to whether the manipulation is good or bad. So there's intention. And we have to understand what is their intention. You know, persuasion is getting people to do things that they want to do or that are good for them. On the other hand, coercion is about getting them to do things that they don't want to do. And so it's important to keep the difference in mind and be very aware that distinct distinctions between uh, these two forms of manipulation is needs to be very diametrically opposed to each other. We need to really understand that coercion is not good. Manipulation can be good. It's important to understand that what we're trying to do is positively persuade, hopefully with the truth, which would be wonderful if we lived in that in this day. You know, the, the, it's normal to feel bad when, when you're manipulating people, but sometimes you just have no other choice. It's your intention. If you have a positive, good intention, then do that. So the easiest way to manipulate people is with their emotions. And you see that when people go to movies. They get influenced by the emotions emoted in a movie. And, and you want to guide them into feeling a specific way, a way that benefits you. And it, this emotional manipulation, you know, if you're if you're cringing, we get it. <laughs> it's normal. I cringe when I think about manipulation. It's crazy. Own your emotions is a huge thing. Before you can manipulate anyone, you're going to have to master your own emotions. And if you're not in control of yourself, you're making yourself a target of your own game. You have to laugh when necessary, shed a tear when needed. In other words, you need to put on an act. And depending on the emotion you want from them, you're going to need to be able to use your emotions on demand. And that means spontaneity. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to discuss how people manipulate. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, 
a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about manipulation and politics. And people have been manipulated before are usually pretty receptive to the signs. So if you think that trust may be an issue, you're going to have to make them trust you. And so what we're talking about is how to manipulate. And that's what we're going to focus on right now. So if we know how to, we know when we and what is happening that will manipulate us. You know, the best way to do this is open people up, talk to them about something personal so that trust is on the table. And when you open up to them, they'll see that you trust them. And if you're not good at acting, perhaps stick to somewhat of a true story. And also the other thing is be a likable person. You know, none of us will work if we if, the, if nobody's going to accept anything we have to say if we're not a likable person, whether you're a good person or not, it's irrelevant. Your goal is to make them like you. So if you're a negative person, put those true feelings aside and bring out the smile. Don't kiss their butts because they'll notice, but if you act kind, then you'll you'll slide right by. You have to be likable for that to work. There's a lot of people in this world who are depressed and angry, uh, tribalized, their voice is gone. We no longer have free will. We live in a very wicked society, and so our world is very negative right now. And then we've got wars going on and people threatening nuclear and this just goes on and on and on. It's it's amazing, uh, the, the world. But if you focus on all the negative, you won't be a likable person. You have to find humor in things, and that means you live in joy. You have joy in your life. If you have joy, meaning you're always looking for the good, then what will happen is you will find humor, and that will help you. If you want to know how to manipulate people well, you have to be able to read people's body language as we talked about before. People may say yes or no, but it's your job to read them and see if that's what they really mean. For instance, if you tell your child no, and it's like, no, 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 oh no, I've told you a million times no. If you do that, you're telling them yes is the answer. 
because you're having such a hard time saying no that they know there is a yes behind it. And that will keep them going after you like a piranha. And, uh, you know, are they avoiding your eyes or fidgeting? That's another way to read body language. That could mean they're lying or feeling uncomfortable. If they're holding your eye contact, they seem relaxed. They're listening and probably trust what you're saying. And so, you know, the other thing that manipulates people is guilt and shame. It's the oldest and easiest way to manipulate people. The good old guilt trip approach probably comes primarily has taught our population through the Old Testament in the Bible. And your mom probably did it a thousand times to you when she wanted you to do something. So when you make someone feel guilty about something, they'll probably try to make up for it if they don't rebel against you. That's when you suggest to them the way that they can compensate. And this works best with people who are prone to feeling guilty. And when people operate from guilt and shame, they operate from a narrative that they are a failure. They are a negative person. And we don't want to live in that, and we don't want to teach people that. But we do that all the time to get our needs met and to do for to manipulate to get people to do things we want them to do. The other thing is we personally can't stand people who play the victim, but it works. So if you're going to play this card, you can use it all the time. People get tired of victim behavior after a while. But if you're going to use the victim card, match it with guilt trip approach for the best results. And people will listen to you. You know, you did this to me. You said this to me. You made me feel. I didn't make you feel crap. You know, we have to be a little bit more honest with ourselves. You know, use what you've got. If you're going to manipulate people, you have a pretty face or, or a really nice body, use it to your advantage. You know that it's, it's, it's terrible to hear it, but it's definitely the easiest way to get someone to do something. People are shallow and lazy, and they usually will go to the easiest possible solution. So you may as well ride that train if it gets you what you want. Plus, sooner or later, your looks will fade, and then you won't be able to use that method. So if you got it, make use of it. It will help you. You know, another way is to manipulate is to bring out a bribe. You know, you're probably wondering if people use bribes anymore. Well, let's tell you, they do. You know, the reason why political parties want you to contribute to them is because that means you're vested. You're vested in them and you're showing that you trust them and they know that you will likely vote their way if you took money and put it behind them. You know, you can bribe people with material, emotional, or mental rewards. They feel persuaded to do what you want because they see that as a benefit to them. And you want to make sure, just like what's happening with our border, we got all these two million people flooding across the border, living in our country for free, and we treat them like kings and queens and, and basically raise their children for them because they send them out across the border without their parents. And the bottom line is, is here we are feeling guilt and shame that we have uh, a, a number one allowed people to come across our border but number two that they're living such a horrific life where they came from so that's a, a way that we've got all kinds of problems in here is that we are constantly manipulated you know uh, but we look for material emotional mental rewards and if you're always looking for a reward 
then all you have to do is figure out what a person needs. Now, a need is different than a want. If you come from the perspective, basically, of a love language and you have a physical need for intimacy, not a want, a need, that's a love language, well, then guess what? If somebody attractive comes along, shows you a little attention, you might just bust your whole family up and half of your finances just to jump in that pot because you're lonely and they are meeting your emotional need for intimacy. So people make their way into other people's lives by hitting their love language. If giving people compliments is going to make a person go crazy and, and, and be happy, then give them lots of compliments and you will manipulate them. You know, and if you want to influence people's lives, you have to hit them at their love language. That may be spending time together. That may be listening to them. That may be giving them gifts. It could be all kinds of crazy stuff. But the bottom line is you hit those love languages and you discover that in a person, you can use that to your advantage to manipulate. And also, sex sells people. So what you should do is bring out your charming flirtatious side. You know, bending both charm and flirtation will make a person feel good. This usually works on people who are lonely and have low self-esteem. It sounds horrible because it is. But we have the feeling that you're not too concerned at all. You know, we often use this kind of crap, even if you're married. It's crazy, but people will do that to manipulate. And there's also, uh, especially trying to get a promotion or, or trying to get a job, they might flirt during that. You know, fear, and, and there's another thing, using fear. And this technique for manipulating people involves you playing with someone's emotions. This consists of helping out the person when you see that they're about to give up. And the goal is to give them an emotional boost that leaves them unguarded. In those moments, you're more likely to do what you want. You know, yesterday I was going on Amazon and I, I found uh, this uh, thing that makes a noise uh, an alarm, a siren that I um, uh, bought for my wife because we have all these people walking around Seattle that are crazy, stealing things and best, getting in fights, busting people. I mean, they're all on drugs and crazy stuff. But bottom line is, if she's going to walk the dog, I want something to keep her safe. So my emotion was to keep my wife safe. So therefore, that's what I purchased. You know, that's what advertisers use also to manipulate us. You know, there's another thing that's highly effective, and it's a trick. And it's very subtle, and it's very tricky, which makes it so manipulated. You basically ask them to do a small task and then follow up with the actual task you had in mind. You're basically catching them while they're in a good mood and then hitting them with the actual task. You know, this is this is another thing. You know, if you get caught, you don't want to act like you're a manipulator. So this is a rookie mistake when learning how to manipulate people. Once they're caught, they continue to show manipulative behavior. And what you need to do is act calm, allow them to control the situation. You have to create doubt if you wanna get away with it and red-handed. But ask yourself why you want to learn how to manipulate people anyway. You know, think carefully about why you want to use manipulation. This is what politics is and that's what makes it dirty. It's dirty, 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 horrible. You want to be careful about your integrity in this life. If you are old and you don't manage your integrity, you're not going to have people in your life to love or care for you unless you can pay them off, unless you have money or resources or something. That is sad, but that is the truth. If you don't manage integrity, you will live alone and unhappy.
You know, manipulation isn't the most honest and best way to get what you want. Sometimes there's no option most of the time. You know, it's simply because it's easy and nobody is going to get hurt. Know that you run the risk of being labeled a manipulator if you do it too many times. One of the ways that some narcissists love to manipulate is to gaslight the hell out of you, to make you think that you're crazy and they're not, and you know that they are guilty of whatever they did, but they won't take responsibility. And that's what also politicians do. They make excuses, and then they gaslight you to make you believe that something else was the reason that something bad happened. Here's other ways that people learn to manipulate. That the big part of it is learning how to master your emotions and make other people receptive of your contrived uh, feelings. And if, if you want to know how to appear more distressed than you really are or use a variety of other techniques to get your way, then take an acting class. It's a perfect way to improve your powers of persuasion. Don't tell other people that you're taking acting if you're only doing it to learn how to manipulate people. Otherwise, they may grow suspicious of your tactics instead of believing you. That's what some politicians do. You might also take a debate or public speaking class. When acting classes can help you master your emotions and convince others to let you have what you want, taking a debate or public speaking class will help you learn how to convince people. Not only will you learn to organize and present your thoughts in a more constructive way, but you'll also learn the nasty little techniques for making your needs sound very convincing. Also, similarities. People love that. When you do this, it's called pacing, where you mirror their body language. Your intention and intonation pattern and so on will follow your audience. If you do that, you can manipulate people because you're getting into their energy level, which is more comfortable for them. Mirroring is a very important way to understand how to get in somebody's wheelhouse. Mirroring their energy, mirroring their tone, mirroring their body language. That tells you how you need to be with them if you're going to connect. And charismatic people have a natural tendency to get what they want. And if you want to manipulate people, then you need to work your charisma. And you should be able to smile and light up a room, have an approachable body language to make people want to talk to you. You should also be able to hold up a conversation with absolutely anybody from your nine-year-old to your history teacher. There's some other ways to be charismatic, make people feel special, make eye contact when you talk to them, ask them about their feelings and interests, show them that you really care. You know what the truth is in relationships? All that people want is you to identify with their feelings. That doesn't mean you agree with their feelings, but it means you identify with their feelings. If you wanna be a good friend, have empathy and compassion and you will go a long way through life. You know, learn from people. Also, you have to be confident. It's just another activity that you have to do to be a good manipulator. But confident people will often speak ill truths. Confident people will often move the cheese. They do this all the time, and they use their confidence as a way to convince. You also, if you want to, if you have a family member, a friend, or somebody who's a master, a master manipulator. You should study that person, even take notes. See how they always manage to get what they want. This will give you new insight how to manipulate people, even if you end up getting tricked in the process. If you're really committed to learning how to manipulate people, then you may even find yourself equipped with the skills to manipulate one of the people you've been studying. You also wanna to learn to read people. 
Every person has a different emotional and psychological makeup, therefore manipulated for different reasons. So before you start plotting your, your latest manipulation scheme, take the time to study the person you want to manipulate. Understand what makes them tick. See the best approach for getting this person to bend to your needs. Here are some different things you may find when you read people. Many people are susceptible to emotional responses. These people are emotional themselves. They cry at movies. They love puppies. They have strong powers, sympathy, and empathy, and they get them. And you can get them to do what they want if you hit them in those places. Other people have a strong guilt reflex. Some people were raised in a very restrictive. Uh, uh, empirical household where they were punished for doing every little thing wrong and, and as they go through life they live in guilt and shame about everything they do because that's the narrative they've learned from their wonderful breeding stock parents you know some people are more receptive to the rational approach if your friend is very logic-minded reads the news always needs the facts and the evidence before they make a decision then you'll have to use your calm persuasive powers to get what you want instead of using your feelings to manipulate them. You see, we're learning how we as humans manipulate and these same tools are used by our politicians. You know, if we follow an unreasonable request with a more reasonable one, you know, this time-tested tactic for getting what you really want is, is simple. If you want to manipulate someone, you should first make an unreasonable request Wait for the person to reject you and then follow up by, by a more reasonable request. And it will sound much more appealing to your victim in comparison to the first request as used by somebody. So, for example, if you, if you want your employee to come in early the next day, would you mind leading the new project? I'll just have to come work a couple hours early if you want to do that. But that would be great for you to do that. You see, that's manipulation. You also uh, want to inspire fear and then relief. If you're going to manipulate, you want to get what you want. You can first make a person fear the worst, be relieved, and then be happy enough to grant you whatever you want. This is a mean little trick, but it'll get you results. For example, you could tell your friend, you know, when I was driving your car, I heard the most terrible noise and was sure that your engine died. But then I realized it was just coming from the radio. Isn't that funny? No, it's not. <laughs> you know, this, uh, you know, feeling guilt is another tactic once again. You know, if you want to manipulate the right person, first pick someone who is prone to feeling guilty already. Then make that person feel like they are being a bad parent, a bad person, a bad friend, a bad partner, a bad spouse. Uh, and this is what narcissists do. They love people who are guilty, who will feel they have to be responsible for every little thing. They will manipulate you through your guilt and make you think you're absolutely crazy, which if you walk around in guilt, you probably are somewhat crazy. All right, so let's take a quick break and we'll come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951 951- 
818-785-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about manipulation and politics. You know, artificial intelligence, it's called database politics, is a result in politicians gathering information on us against our will or knowledge, then they exploit that information to figure out what messages are likely to get people fired up. And given an issue we're not sure about, people are very likely to believe anything for a few moments, as long as it comes from a trusted source. And this is especially true when it comes to artificial intelligence. There has been a study at Drexel University and uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute that published a a study demonstrating how easily humans trust machines and each other. And the results are pretty scary if you view them through the lens of political and corporate manipulation. You know, if you look at the study, the researchers asked groups of people to answer multiple choice questions with the help of an avatar. And, and artificial intelligence. The avatar was given a human visage and animated to either nod or smile or to frown or shake its head. This way, the artificial intelligence could indicate yes or no with either mild or strong sentiments. And when people hovered over their mouse over an answer, the avatar would either shake its head, nod, or, or remain idle. And also users were then asked to evaluate whether the artificial intelligence was helping or hindering them. One group, uh, exclusively with a bot that was always right, another group worked with an avatar that was always trying to mislead them, and the third group worked with with a mix of two. So the results were astounding. People tend to trust the avatar implicitly at first, no matter what the questions are, but they lose that trust quickly when they find that the avatar was wrong. Traditionally, what this means is that when it's smarter to find people who look trustworthy than it is to find trustworthy people. And what does trustworthy look like? Well, it depends on the target audience. So if you look through Google, women news anchors, it makes it clear that the media has a strong bias towards women news anchors. It also, uh, you need to glance at Congress, which is about 77% white and male, to understand what trust looks like to the U.S. voters. Even the entertainment media is dominated by trust concerns. If you perform a Google search for male video game protagonist, you realize that scruffy, 
30s white guy is the gamers trust to entertain them. You know, uh, there's a whole bunch of marketing teams and corporations that know this. And before it was considered an illegal hiring practice. However, nowadays, it's just the way life is. You know, in the wake of the 2016 election, social media companies reevaluated how they allow data to be used and manipulated on their platforms. And this arguably hasn't amounted to any meaningful changes, but luckily our social media practices, uh, platforms, and the calculus behind society's problems has definitely changed. And there's data out there now that is very biased and very manipulative, and that is what it's meant to do. It's highly dramatic. You get these headlines that are very dramatic. People start to read into it, and then they realize it's not quite as dramatic as the headline would say. You know, the talking heads are also coming. Uh, you know, it's very important to know there is a uh, actually a AI uh, program that you could talk to Elon Musk, you can talk to God, you can talk to Hitler, you can talk to any person or type of person or any type of avatar or cartoon character that may be a Japanese character or it could be a Pokemon. You can actually talk to them and have dialogues with them. You can talk to a therapist, you can talk to a psychologist, you can talk to Sigmund Freud. You know, it's it's it, it, it sounds comical when you put it all into to, to a sentence, but in the future, U.S. people will cast their votes based on which corporate or political avatars they trust the most. But considering more than 50% of the people in the U.S. don't trust the news media and that the overwhelming majority of the, 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 the vote down strict party lines, it's obvious that we're ripe for another social political shakeup. At this point, we need to be people who use our heads to vote. We need to do it unemotionally, calmly, based on the data. So important if we can do that. It would be so important that we don't vote on party lines, that we actually vote for the right people. You know, after all, five to six years ago, most people wouldn't have believed the social media manipulation could get reality TV star who's admitted to, to, to touching women or genitals or whatever. Now people get out there in front of people all the time that have very nasty little backgrounds, unfortunately, and we use them as icons in our culture. You know, here's a common misperception is telling voters that an upcoming election is going to have a low turnout. That makes them feel more likely to head to the polls since their votes will count more. So, you know, there's also other tactics like recent studies have found that emphasizing low turnout actually depresses the get out the vote efforts. Instead, research suggests that focusing on high turnout is more likely to motivate people to go to the polls. And this tactic is especially effective when targeting occasional voters. According to research, this occurs because people are fundamentally social beings and so their actions are influenced by behavior of other people. It's called the bandwagon effect. Did you know that hand sanitizer can make you more conservative? <laughs> There's a study out of Cornell that actually the people that answered those questions conservatively when they were near a bottle of hand sanitizer. More conservative because a bottle of hand sanitizer. That's pretty amazing. In a separate study, researchers found that people gave more conservative answers to questionnaire when uh, fart spray had been released in the area. And so researchers from the University of Plymouth in the UK found that making a room smell bad made people in that more room more likely to oppose same-sex marriage. 
You know, it's it's just amazing. It's amazing how we are built as people. You know, in 2017, a letter in an official-looking envelope arrived to voters' mailboxes before a Los Angeles city election. It read, what if your friends, your neighbors, and your community knew whether or not you voted? You know, the letter listed the previous three elections and whether the recipient voted or not. Then it compared their voting history to that of their next door neighbor. And the letter ended by telling the recipient, you and your friends and your neighbors and other people know you all will know who voted and who did not vote. And that increased turnout by 4.5% in Los Angeles. You know, and it made an election swing very closely. But, you know, the vote shaming can't be perceived as coming from a specific campaign or candidate, you know, but it's there, you know, there's in, in there's a, there's a Stanford actually experiment where participants were split into two groups and asked to read a short passage about rising crime rates in a fictional city. And the passage read by the first group described crime as beast raging the city while the passage for the second group described it as a virus ravaging the city they were asked these participants to respond to the crime issues in the city researchers found that the proposed solutions changed drastically depending on what passage a person had actually read 71 percent of the participants called for more enforcement when crime was described as a beast pretty amazing once again manipulation and we see that sort of framing in political campaigns all the time is it pro-life or pro-abortion is it illegal is it undocumented these phrases are important more important than you think they don't go down to the micro we may be anti-abortion but we may be for abortion for rape and different different conditions we may be for abortion at a certain age or a certain time of the pregnancy but you see, the thing is, they don't ask those questions. You're either all in or you're all out. Everybody wants black and white. And the deal is black and white is stupid because nothing in this world is completely black or completely white. We, if it's human, we are all gray and we have to look at each other as all good. Then we are more good than we are bad. And we have to look at each other as more right than we are wrong. Because there's many points in our life that are very good. But if we black and white each other, we live in a tribe and we deny each other the good and the intelligent and the wisdom that we may be able to offer each other. We need to have bridges, not burn bridges. You know, it's amazing when we see framing that manipulates people. We know that we're being manipulated and we have to understand that we have been manipulated and that is the way it goes. It's the way of the world. And this last two years of our president or whatever you want, Biden, uh, the bottom line is his party and him have completely gaslighted the hell out of our country. They make big choices, big, stupid choices. And then they make us all think we're crazy for calling them on it. You know, Biden just the other day said that uh, gas was five dollars a gallon when he got into office. Really? Come on. How stupid do you think we all are? It's amazing that people do that, but that's how they do it. And some people will actually believe them. You know, during 2008, 
Democratic uh, primary, uh, presidential primary, researchers made an interesting discovery. They found that phone calls from volunteers to potential voters was more effective than volunteers asked voters to discuss the logical detail of their, their voting plans. Volunteers were instructed to prod. Did the voter intend to head to the polls before or after uh, or after work? Did they walk or drive there? Would they take their kids or leave them with a babysitter? So, you know, phone calls from volunteers is better than volunteers asking voters what they believe. And these calls were actually more effective uh, as the standard scripts that simply ask people if they intended to vote, intended to vote. That got people to the polls. In 2010, in the general election, researchers split 700 unsuspecting study participants in two groups. One of the potential voters received a letter encouraging them to vote. Another group received the same letter, but with a slight twist. In the top right corner, researchers included a box that said, we may call you after the election to talk about your voting experience. And that litter mentioned a possible follow-up was more than three times as effective as a typical get-out-to-vote letter. We may follow up with you after the election. That gets people to vote. That's manipulation. You know, there's peer pressure also to register to vote. And that was, uh, that was taken into account during Obama's campaign. That was a very big piece of it, is peer pressure to vote. In another study, researchers demonstrated that people are more likely to head to the polls when they view voting as a noble aspect of their character. You know, it's, it's just a, ma it's a matter of noble. It's noble to vote. Okay, so that will get people out to vote. And, and two groups of participants are asked the same question, by the way. You know, it referred to voters, a noun, how important it is to be you to be a voter in an upcoming election. And then another one is voting. So the voter is the one who's likely going to be the one that's going to vote, not are you going to vote. So voting is a lot different than voter. If you're a voter, you're special. You see, that's manipulation. But that's how things go in politics. They study this and study this and study this. And that is our show. Thank you for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that via our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You can contribute to our show via the link section. And we also have a Facebook page. And you can reach out to me through there. So remember, stupidity is not a competition unless you're a politician. You know, politicians love to build bridges where there's no river. And also, politicians and diapers need to be changed for the same reason. And this is Harry Truman. If you can't convince them, confuse them. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 